Welcome to season four of The Culture of Kindness. My name is Nahala Summers and I am your host. A culture of kindness is based on the idea that by bringing kindness into leadership, we reduce stress, anxiety, make happier workplaces, and in turn, improve the bottom line for any organization or institution. It is a book, leadership program, accreditation, and of course, this wonderful podcast. Kindness has been my life's work since I founded the social movement for kindness back in 2012 called Sunshine People. And it has kept me interested on what people have to say on the complexities of kindness ever since. The guest lineup is exceptional. From politicians to social media influencers, best-selling authors to BBC presenters, an eclectic mix of people who all have completely different views on kindness, how we get it and where the world is currently at. If you enjoy this episode, then please do show your support for kindness by subscribing to the podcast, leave a five-star review or simply invest in the book, aptly named A Culture of Kindness, available on Amazon. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoy. Dr. Rada, thank you so much. And and I know that we've already kind of preempted that I shouldn't be putting the doctor in front of it, but I, I almost have to when I introduce you, but then I'm going to call you Rada all the way through. Um, and I have to talk about that because and I really want to know about your time management as well and the amount that you achieve. So not only are you a GP, but you're also a TV personality sharing all of that knowledge and sharing all of that wisdom out to the world in, in such a brilliant way, I think, in a way that people can see on, on so many different publications, on radio shows and TV shows. And just you're talking about it all really um so I'm really excited to kind of touch base into a a little bit of that um but maybe just to start us off you could explain how did you go from GP um and the medical world into TV personality you know what 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 made that happen Oh, well, thanks so much, first of all, for having me on. And um, I was kind of, I was grin a bit, and I'm sure my family would grin if, I, if they heard me being called a TV personality, because I don't think I am at all, but, but, but um, it's really lovely to be here. So how did I, how did I start? It's an interesting question. And actually, to be honest with you, um, it's just something that I have my elder sister to thank for, really. Um, so I was doing hospital medicine at the time, and about to transition into general practice. Um, and my sister... My older sister found an advert or saw an advert in her local hospital for a BBC3 programme. Um, and I don't know why she bought it back, but she brought back the advert for me. And she said, oh, why don't you have a go at this? Why don't you apply for this? And I'm the youngest of four, so I was being a bit of a grumpy little sister. And I was like, oh, I don't get it. What are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And she said, look, I've brought it all the way back from, I think it was in Bristol at the time. And um, she's like, you know, you've got to apply. And so I actually did. So I applied for that. And I absolutely loved it. And I think, um, I think once I, once I like something, I then tend to really go for it. And I really kind of put my heart and soul into something I really enjoy. Mm. And I often wonder why I like it because I'm actually quite a a sort of, um, private and quite a sort of shy person actually. But I think the reason I, I enjoy it and the reason I really went for it was because I've always enjoyed 
teaching. I've always enjoyed sharing knowledge. I've always enjoyed sort of helping people. And I've always enjoyed using my imagination and coming up with ideas and being creative. And so I think all of those elements of me really were kind of reflected in in that TV programme. And so that's kind of how I first started. So I've got my elder sister to thank for that. Which, uh, <laughs> she won't get too much credit, but she gets a <laughs> No, that's right. Absolutely, <laughs> shouldn't do that. Um, so let's talk about, there was a large, show, a, a long show, standing show that you did around sex education for young people. And I'm really, I mean, you've done many, many different shows, many different things you've been involved in, and we'll touch on some of them, I guess, along the way. But I am interested to talk about sex education. One, because I've never had a guest on, that I'm going to talk about this, uh, that I've talked about this with. Um, but also about you know the import. I mean, there's so many different channels to to talk about with regards to kindness and the culture that we have um, and sex education. You know, there's so many. Um, certainly within the UK, it's not really ever been a topic of conversation. You know, it's it's quite taboo. Our schools' education is limited on it. Conversations in homes historically have been limited on it and depending on people's upbringings and how did you have that how did you start on that show I guess and also why was it so important for you to do that work and send out that message to people Hmm. so um so I did the BBC3 program which was called make my body younger and then um I just got a call actually from someone who was working on the sex education show and I think um, they, they basically said, look, we're, we're looking for a doctor. Would you be interested in doing some short videos online? Mm. And that was, that was going to be it at that point. Um, and I suppose my, one of the things that I'm really passionate about doing is talking about subjects that people don't talk about much. Yeah, um, yeah so definitely I, see that. <laughs> I tend to talk about things that um, people kind of either hide away from or perhaps they aren't really covered in sort of mainstream media or mainstream platforms. Mm. And, and that's for a few reasons. But one of the main reasons is, is that, um, you know, as human beings, we have a tendency to hide away from the tougher subjects or the subjects that we don't want to talk about. Mm. But they're always the subjects that actually we need to talk about even more. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. they're the real kind of, and one of those people who likes to get kind of dig in deep to what actually is going on and actually kind of get to the root and the source of, of, of what's happening so I think it was it was that basis and also I, I just love working with young people I, mm. I, I think they're amazing I think they're so intelligent they're so wise they really support each other they have really open minds and so you can do it you can do a lot with young people and so I, I really enjoy it. and also they're just fun they, they just <laughs> come up with really interesting questions they're really fun um, I've always been quite childlike I think um, in my nature and so I really enjoy working with children and young people so yeah. that's kind of why I, why I went onto that show. And it was amazing. It was amazing to go around the UK and go to different schools and do really interesting, innovative kind of workshops and ways of talking about body image and puberty and, and STIs and, and relationships. Because I think, you know, when I was growing up, um, you know, the sort of sex education that I had was very mechanical yeah. and was pretty much just stick on a, a video or a DVD and, and show that in a, in a biology lesson. Um, and so, y- you know, our relationships and, you know, um, kind of how we, how we interact with other people, that's part of our mental health, that's part of our emotional well-being. that's part of who we are. And yeah. so, you know, we can't, we can't kind of educate children or say we're 
helping to educate children in a healthy way if we're not touching on those subjects and we're not dealing or talking about emotional mental health because our relationships are a huge part of obviously who we are and how we can you know if we've got strong relationships obviously we all know that we can get through challenge we we are more resilient so and it's also actually about our relationship with ourselves it's about our self-esteem about how we see ourselves and our self-worth and our self-value and I think that's a really, really important thing to be taught at a young age, actually, and to really have a grounding in who you are, where your boundaries are, and how that applies to all kinds of relationships. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, the more I talk to people and I talk to friends and we talk about the challenges, it's around, you know, understanding how to speak to people, how to put, how to put in boundaries, you know, how to say, actually, no, this is this is not okay um and you know we we don't have to wait till we're older and we've learned all the lessons anymore (laughs) you know there's an opportunity (laughs) to really teach young people those skills to be able to put in those boundaries uh, much earlier um and have you know not even not even necessarily they have to have all the skills but they at least know when to ask for supports yeah. yeah and I think that's the same for all of us isn't it all through our lives like we're never going to know everything we're never yeah. going to you know have kind of got everything under our belts but we know when to ask for support and we know when something's not right and I think that's the most important thing that we can help children young people with and ourselves you know yeah. all ages not just them yeah that's absolutely and and there's something around really reducing you know we we spend our lives don't we really reducing risk and reducing pain and you know all of those things and i think education and and as you said you know sex education is not just about sex it's about the relationships that you hold with people which is very uh, you know the the expectations of how we should be treated um because maybe a young person has learned um behaviors that aren't healthy for example as well and they need to be able to see another side of that i think there's something hugely important um but i saw something and so on that you know reducing pain you talk about devoting a bit of time to finding the things that bring you joy um in your articles of which you know there are many um uh, articles that, you know people should definitely be googling you and your articles because there's so much wisdom in them um and yeah i i love this idea of how do we um how do we continue to find joy you know it's about building this culture of making sure that we find time to have joy in our lives yeah i mean i think we talk a lot so when we're talking about mental health or emotional well-being we often focus on the things that um are tough and challenging and the things that we sort of cope cope with or we go through which we absolutely need to do but we forget there's another side to our emotional well-being which is not kind of um it's not looking at the sort of the drains on us it's looking at the things that fill us up so it's kind of everything is 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 in balance and so yeah we we, you know I, i started to write a lot more this this year and last year I think during the pandemic actually really came came to me that you know about joy and about hope and about comfort and all of the things which actually fill us up in terms of our emotional energy um and I think you know as we get older you know we there are so many life responsibilities so many things that we're so much life admin that's put upon us that actually um you know we can easily forget joy or joy is kind of squeezed out we allow joy to be squeezed out of our lives um so I'm just really keen on on kind of keeping that 
childlike aspect of all of us um, and kind of continuing to find the joy, even if it's in small ways or just for a little bit of time, because, you know, we have to be realistic. Life is life. We can't all, we can't go off and, you know, do lovely things all the time, but how can we create little pockets of joy that actually are tangible and accessible to us? Um, and I think, you know, at the moment, obviously the world is, it seems just so overwhelming, so many things going on. And it's very, I think it's very easy to, you know, become so, so weighed down by those and we absolutely have a responsibility all of us to try and do what we can do to tackle problems and solve problems but I think there's also um the things like joy and hope they're actually tools to help us solve some of those problems they're not separate from them mm. and I think um sometimes with things like kindness joy hope we we tend to sort of couch those in terms of things that we talk about to primary school children you know that are kind of fluffy and and you know, nice if you can get them, but I actually see those as very kind of much, very tangible, hard tools that are that we can use every single day to help us feel better. So I'm very keen on reframing all of these things that we think are, are not for us anymore and yeah. actually saying, well, you know what, these are the things which actually make us, you know, um, make us happy and make us feel at peace yeah. in life. So, yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And I can totally agree. You know, I I talk about the idea that we should be getting rid of the whole conversation about bullying and only be focusing on how can we be kinder? Because then we don't have to talk about bullying anymore, do we? If we're focusing on kindness and um, what we can do in terms of kindness, we don't have to talk about what we can't do to somebody yes. because you've already yeah. got the behaviors and I think there are so many you know and, you, and you've talked about that so wonderfully there about the joy and why do we need to talk about all the things that are draining us what do what can we talk about that fills us up it's just such a great um analogy there um what you know we we talk about the idea that stress and anxiety is you know, people, I don't know whether this is actually true, but people talk about it as though it's, you know, it's on the increase, it's just increasing all the time and everybody's dealing with stress and anxiety. Do you know that or see that within your services as a GP and within the world? Because I know that you give lots of top tips and anyone dealing with stress or anxiety for them or their families, they should look you up because you've got loads of top tips out there. But um, do you see that there's an increase within that, within your own work? I mean, I think definitely, you know, I mean, I think, I think anxiety was a huge thing even before the pandemic. And I think, you know, it has got a lot worse mm. uh, since that. And that's because the world is, is like I say, a very overwhelming place. Everything is rapidly changing. Um, and, you know, there are, there are lots of areas in our world where we're kind of reaching a sort of a, a, a sort of a, a choice point, if you like, you know, <clears throat> are we going to make a, a good choice or are we going to, you know, carry on as we are and not really change anything mm. <clears throat> sorry no i just thought that again I love it so i think definitely even before the pandemic my anxiety was always something which um people really responded to whenever i was doing the radio for example anxiety would be this is the top um subjects so i think that's basically like talking about things and and talking about mental health and definitely since the pandemic i've seen in my work as a gp and broadcasting and that's you know that has actually got a lot worse Maybe it's got worse or maybe we're better at talking about it. I'm not sure. It's very difficult to unpick the two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, the world is really overwhelming. 
I think in so many areas within our sort of global society, we, we've got, you know, we're almost reaching a sort of tipping point, a choice points, if you like, of, you know, are we going to make a different decision and are things going to get better? Or are we going to carry on as we are? Um, and, and I think, you know, the uncertainty, the rapid changes um, to not just our individual lives, but actually on a global scale, that obviously induces anxiety. Mm. Um, and I think people are also trying to find their place in the world at the moment. They're trying to find their purpose, a sense of grounding and safety, emotional safety, because yeah. things are, are really, really just, you know, all up in the air at the moment. So I think in my experience, definitely since the pandemic anyway, a lot more people have been able to speak about anxiety a lot more and a lot more about stress. And I think that's a great thing, but I think we also have to be very careful that we're actually supporting people with that conversation because it's great to open up the conversation, but then there needs to be somewhere for that person to go or some advice or some practical tips for that person to actually enact. Um, mm. Because, you know, if we, if we then if we encourage that conversation, but then there's nowhere for people to go or nowhere for people to get help or support, wh where does that leave people? So we need to be talking about mental health in a very tangible, practical way um, mm. and an accessible way. And also we need to have the support services to actually help people um, so they can get better and not just talk about it in a sort of, in a superficial manner. That's right. I, is there an opportunity, very wide question and, and, and a little <laughs> bit like a bombshell I'm going to hit you with, but is there a possibility or do you think it's feasible for GPs to have the opportunity to prescribe not drugs, but things like, why don't you go out and do an act of kindness? You have to find an act of kindness that you're going to do every day for a week and then you're going to record how you feel after that or something similar is that is that something that you think that the nhs would adopt or should adopt and i think there's there's growing evidence isn't there that kindness and volunteering and being in part of a community um, and being altruistic actually helps our mental health and emotional well-being it mm. actually makes us feel better for, for many reasons i think it takes our, us out of ourselves yeah it gives us purpose it gives us routine it also gives us that lovely positive feedback when we, you know, we, we see the, the effects or the impact of our kindness to other people. So I think, you know, there is a growing movement in terms of actually kindness as, as a, a benefit for everybody and how actually no one, no one really loses out from kindness, which is great. Um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, there's obviously different, different uh, initiatives going on in, in GP and primary care. So for example, things like social prescribing where, GPs can prescribe activities, you know, for, for people, or they pass on to link workers where people can go out and um, be prescribed gardening or, or a singing group or, you know, a woodworking club. And, and that will help and benefit their sort of mental and emotional well-being yeah. and connect them to community because it's very much about community, isn't it? Yeah. So I think there is there are some steps that are happening at the moment and gaining, gaining momentum where actually, you know, we are starting to recognise that these things are really good for us. And... I think what I find really interesting is, you know, when we talk about kindness and things like that, we, we, you know, we know common sense tells us and we know from our own experience that, you know, that's good for us. It makes us feel good. And often these things that we kind of um, make very technical later on in our lives as adults, if you like, um, they're often things that we knew when we were five or six years old, but we've just forgotten about. So it's a bit like, um, you know, mindfulness colouring books for adults, which I think are great. But I, I, I always 
find it interesting how we have to label them as mindfulness coloring books so that adults feel they're able or allowed to in inverted commas buy them as opposed to just giving some adults some paper and some pens and just letting them create and that doesn't matter i mean you know, different things work for different people but i think it's interesting how you know um as adults we are almost sort of taught in society that we have to label things in a certain way in order to enjoy them yes so for example whenever i go on holiday or somewhere with my nieces and nephews i'm always like oh you know they've got such fun activities for children what about the adults where's that fun where's that fun stuff for the adults and I, yes. i'm really keen on creating more of that so that was a long answer to your question but i think we are moving yeah. we are moving more into that mindset and i think that's really helpful and i i think it's not only helpful for individuals um and communities but i also think it's actually going to be helpful for our environment as well because remember our psychology is everything so once we get our psychology um kind of more more of a handle on our psychology individually once we understand our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors more then our outlook on the world changes mm. so we then start to then feel more connected to everything and therefore we know that nature is not separate to us and so we will then start to look after nature yeah. And it's the same with other people. Once we get a hand on our own emotions and mental health, we can then help other people. So it's all part of the same thing. And our psychology is very much the foundation of how we reflect out into the world and how the world reflects back to us, I think. Yes, yes, absolutely. No, brilliant answer. You know, it's so good to hear that that's, you know, that's a focus for the NHS right now. There's a brilliant book called The Outside mindset um definitely recommend it and that you would find it so interesting as a doctor but it, how the outside has shown to have an impact on as you as you touched on there has, has an impact on people's well-being and the way that they are and actually physical illness as well has been shown to improve with people you know suddenly getting that outside mindset and doing things outside more so yeah it's hugely important you you talked about rather in in uh, the guardian recently about you know the four essential values that we that we've started to use over the past year and and I'd love to talk about that um and and you we forget them now at our peril which i just thought maybe you wrote that headline or somebody else did but it was just brilliant because it highlights we 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 change so much within the culture, within our cultures, you know, in every country, the culture's changed, right? With COVID, everything dramatically changed. But you've, you've brought up about the fact that we forget kindness at our peril, you know, that's one of the core values. Did you see a lot of that? You know, what do you think that we need to be pulling in uh, to current day as we, as we start to move forwards? Mm, I mean, I thought, you know, one of the good things about the pandemic, one of the positives, if you like, was actually we started talking about things that really matter um, on, on, on big platforms. So we started talking about kindness. We started to see examples of people being kind to each other, helping each other, supporting each other. Um, and I think, you know, before the pandemic, there was such a, I just got a sense whenever I did any broadcasting work, really, that there was such a thirst kindness you know for, for people just to be kind and just to be nice yeah. and so i think when the when the pandemic happened and when we started to see some more examples of that i think people really really responded to that in a very positive way and i thought it was something which 
really made me feel it, it brought people together and I think you know our again our mental health suffers when we feel like we're alone or we're not connected and kindness connects people it's like a thread that you know that we kind of sew through through people through our community that brings people together you know even across the world I mean, we've seen that from you know music events raising money all kinds of things humanitarian work for example so I think that was something that really um inspired me during the pandemic um but I think you know this this kind of coming coming hopefully coming out of that that kind of pandemic acute phase hopefully into more of a recovery phase now I think it's very easy for us to forget you know human beings we forget so easily and so quickly about challenging periods of time and we forget sort of lessons that we've learned um, myself included individually um, and as a society so you know in a crisis in a sort of time of crisis we focus our attention on certain things and then when things get slightly easier um, or appear to get slightly better we then easily forget those so for me I think I was just trying to help people or help people reflect on what might help them moving forward and what might help us all and and that is maintaining the focus on kindness and community um that wasn't just a a trend for for last year i hope Mm. this is something which is fundamental to all of our emotional well-being and again fundamental to a lot of the global problems that we face you know um when you look around the world conflicts the environment all kinds of things um politically absolutely i mean kindness empathy understanding listening um all of those things communication skills how we communicate with each other they're all at the basis of of a lot of these global problems or at least you know they're tools that can be used to help solve some of these global problems so you know kindness is not it can be a really small thing but it has a huge impact um and likewise it can be a big thing um, as well and have a, an even bigger impact so I think I was just trying to remind myself remind everybody you know, not to lose the life lessons that we've learned through the pandemic not to waste those important lessons because we've all been through a lot yeah and so if we have if we've had to go through this awful time at least let's try and retain some of the important messages that we've learned we've been presented with yeah yeah it's a brilliant article it's just a brilliant reminder to say you know we just we can keep things very real without complication because actually you know when it comes to the end you know when we when we finished our days on this earth all that there will be is the relationships that we had with people and those connections um and everything else is just noise really um and also about values as well because i think at a time when everything's changing a lot a lot of us can feel very lost and very directionless and i think if if you can reflect for a little bit about what your own values are what are your values they are actually a guidebook to your life to how you can live your life and if you if you kind of get aligned with those values and you align your actions and everything else with them then you'll, you'll always have a direction you'll always yeah. You, you know you'll never really feel lost so I think it's also about helping individuals really to sort of say what are your values are you living them yes. and if not do you you know how can you and how can you get there and I think that will help people feel a bit more grounded in, in a world that's very confusing. Uh, yeah I think I mean I do something in a course 
that I run about helping people to understand what their core values are and then match those. Are they currently living to them within their work and their workplaces and, you know, what they do? And, and then if there's, a, if there's a lack of alignment there, they will go, ah, that's why I feel really uncomfortable with yeah. the direction my life is going. Yeah. But there's almost something about putting that within our education, within schools. There's something about putting that into, you know, uh, the NHS. There's, you know, all of those things. But there's, um, you know, it, we, we're moving in that right direction, I feel like. We're, we're getting there, you know, and I think uh, we will start to see change, I hope, um, along the way. But, but you absolutely speak my language, rather, in terms of, you know, that, that whole thing around, you know, kindness is not just an action. There's a, there's a whole group of values within it about the gratitude and the empathy. And, you know, it came out from my own research about what kindness really is. It's not even just about buying somebody a coffee in a queue, but it's about sitting and being present with somebody that needs to share a story and allowing space to be able to do that and allowing people to feel um, not judged when they want to share a story and and so on and so on. And that in itself is, is kindness. I can remember when I first started um, the social movement, Sunshine People, people would say, oh, can't, can't I just give you £10? Like I... <laughs> I don't know what I can do. Can't you just tell me something that I can do? And I'm like, no, that's not, that's, but you know, that was eight years ago and we've come a long way from that. Yeah, it's and, incredible. Um, yeah, I saw on Twitter, it's amazing what you do and the projects. Yeah, I love it. I really love it, honestly. That's, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, people ask me less and less now what they yeah. could do for kindness, which is hope in itself, right? Yes, I'm exactly. sure. <laughs> having an impact absolutely yeah um i mean i could talk to you for hours i think um really um very much aligned um, with my own thoughts and and giving me so much hope that the nhs is moving in the right direction as well um in terms of supporting people on a gp level giving you guys the freedom to be able to do some of that stuff as well which is just wonderful um I always end the, with the same question. Uh, what does a culture of kindness mean to you? You know, what do you see that as? And when, when I say those words to you, what, what is the vision that you see? That's a really great question. So, so when you say those words to me, um, the first sort of image that comes to my mind is someone just sitting down with someone else. Um, and I suppose what maybe that image is there because I... I think a culture of kindness is probably time, listening, gentleness, um, support. So I think it's literally about um, space, I suppose, giving people space and time um, and really listening to them. Um, so I'll give, you a, I'll give you an example. So when I, when I used to do hospital medicine, um, when I used to be on call, I used to face different wards and um, whoever, the staff who were on the different wards used to say, I used to walk into the ward and they used to say, oh, are you bleep? 12 10 or something like that um and and after i mean i was bleep 12 10 i was carrying that bleep number um but after a while i started to feel really disheartened because i felt like a number as opposed to a person and a human being um and so actually i've always remembered that feeling of kind of you know um just kind of being a, a sort of number as opposed to a person because you know particularly on weekend on calls it was so busy really really busy and you were on your own so um, the other day when I was working in, in hospital as a GP, I saw someone who was on call really busy. And um, I, I said to them, you know, I said, I said to them, oh, you, you bleep, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
And they said, yes, I am. And I said, oh, what's your name? And they said, oh, thanks for asking my name. And I said, that's all right. Oh, yeah. How's your day going? And they sort of told me and I just chatted to them. And they turned around to me and they said, oh, thank you for asking um, my name. Thank you for asking me how I am. Because no one's asked me that all day. And, and so that's what I see as the culture of, you know, culture of kindness is literally wow. very small, simple things that make people feel human. And I know that, you know, particularly with mental health, when I've been to different conferences or heard from people who've struggled with their mental health, the biggest impacts, um, or the biggest sort of stories they can tell that had the most um, change in their life was actually when someone sat down, made them a cup of tea and said, how are you? Yeah. And I know that's really simple, but making someone feel heard, valued, and making them feel like they're a human being, yeah. I think is a culture of kindness so true so true i think i even write that in my book about being seen and heard and yeah um, it's so powerful thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been such an honor i recommend that people look you up the articles that you're writing are excellent and just really worth a read um thank you for everything you put out into the world it's so valuable um i think anybody i have so much respect for anybody in the nhs um um but especially yourself because you're then using that um and driving that forwards uh, back out into the world through our media which is much needed right now so thank you so much for your time oh thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure and i have to say all the stuff that i do gives me incredible joy so it's um it's a very selfish act as well <laughs> <laughs> it's just but, a win-win for everybody exactly. no thank you ever so much and likewise carry on it's, it's it's individuals like you for example and you know and kind of campaigns and movements all around the world that you know everyone does their bits and together you know we can make it we can make an impact that's how it works so thank you as well wonderful thank you thank you so much for listening if you have loved this episode please do share it with others pop on and give a lovely review but mostly take forwards into your life something that can change someone else's we are looking for the elusive happiness and kindness is the action that can get us there.